Matthew chapter 16 and then page 284. 284. In your book, that means we are down to the end. How many of you think, let's see, how many of you think we can finish tonight? <clears throat> Two people? Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> yeah, will we? We got a lot to talk about tonight because, there, anyway, let's um, uh, let's pray and uh, we'll, we will get started. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you uh, for your precious love. We've talked about it earlier, how you answer prayer. You, you know our hearts and you have nothing but great desires for us. And I am so thankful for that. And Lord, we just ask that you'd um, uh, be with us now. Uh, give us wisdom and help us to walk with you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Um, you know, Chris, I, I, I just, I just a, a verse just ran through my head as I was praying. The verse we used Wednesday night uh, about uh, renewing of the mind, um, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Can you find that quickly? Please. It, through, I, you know what? One of the things I love about Chris is he just back there, he's as solid as a rock, and I throw curveballs at him all the time, and he just kind of just rolls with it. There you go. Okay. <clears throat> and uh, Okay, let's, let's start with this, because uh, we talked about this Wednesday night, and uh, many of you were not here Wednesday night, so I, I kind of wanted to talk about it again very quickly. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Next verse. Oh, sorry, I thought. <clears throat> and be not conformed to this world, <clears throat> but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, <clears throat> that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Okay, can you go back to verse 1, please? And we, we spent a lot of time talking uh, primarily about the beginning of this verse. And we talked about the, the fact that what what does the word beseech mean? Okay, he's he's begging. Okay, Paul is literally on his knees, if you would, figuratively speaking, but he's begging the believers. I beg you, brethren. Okay, again, he's talking to believers by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. And the, the point that we brought out on Wednesday night, and this is a significant point, is that this is a choice that Paul is begging the believers to make. Paul is not saying, you, you, he, he, Paul is not saying that God is going to make you do it. That's not what he's saying. But he's literally begging the believers to make the choice to become living sacrifices. That is a significant statement because it is a choice that we make. We, we decide whether we are going to walk with God or not walk with God. We, cho we make that choice. It's our choice. Nobody can make it for us. 
It is a choice that we make. Okay, thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. This next verse that we're going to read is very similar in, in, in the context of, the, of that passage, those two verses we just read. As we are, we've been talking about continuing in our faith. Page 284, right in the middle, it says, continue following Jesus. Continue following Jesus. Uh, first paragraph says, remember, uh, discipleship isn't a course. It is a lifestyle. Please underline that statement. Just because we finish this book does not mean your discipleship is done. It is a lifestyle. It is, it, you should be a disciple of Jesus Christ till the day you die. It is a lifelong pursuit. He goes on. Um, uh, it is the process of un. Uh, reservedly following Jesus, not just for a few months, but for a lifetime. Now, let me ask you a question. What can happen to a believer after a revival meeting or a, a camp or some event? What can happen in the life of a believer? Okay, we, we, we hear a sermon, we go to a revival service, we go to a Christian camp, and we get excited about serving God. And then what happen, What what can happen in about two or three weeks? Right, the flame isn't quite as hot anymore, right? Okay, yes, you, you, you're on a spiritual high, and you, and you want to live like that forever. But what happens? Life happens, right? Problems come in, and we make choices. Oftentimes we make wrong choices, but we still make choices. And then what happens with the flame? It dims. And we have to be careful. That's why I I am not interested at all of living a life where I get excited for the Lord. Does that, does that sound bad? I want, I want to live on a plateau where I walk with God on a continual basis. That's my desire. But it's, it's like John just motioned. It, it's, it's on a constant. My, my goal is to walk on a constant upcline in my relationship with the Lord. I am not interested in, in highs and lows. I, I want to walk as, as consistently as I can. And those of you that know me probably think I live a, a very boring life because I don't get excited about a lot of things. I just don't. And that's intentional because I want my life to be as consistent as possible. Let's look at Luke in the book here. Luke chapter 9 and verse 23. <clears throat> and he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now, is that is this verse very similar to the two verses we just read? 
being a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God? Yeah. Okay, I, I think they are very similar. Okay, exactly. This is this is involving a choice. Jesus is not pointing his finger and saying, "You come here." What is he saying? If if you choose, if you choose to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. No, and, and okay, key word, yes, thank you, I missed that. The key word here is daily. Daily. This is, this is not going from mountaintop to valley to back to mountaintop. And that is no way to live a life. You will drive yourself insane that way. Now, are we going to have highs and lows in our life? Absolutely, because we're human, okay? But we want to keep those as minimal as possible. So I want to spend some time tonight talking about this verse because this verse is really critical, I believe, to being able to, con to continue in Jesus. I think that this verse and the, the one in, in Romans, I believe that, that these verses hold the secret to being able to walk with God on a consistent basis. Are you ready? Here we go. <clears throat> As I was studying and, and praying and, and seeking God for, for tonight, I read an, I read an article that... Um, I, I wanted to share with you this article because I felt like the author of this article really understands the context of this passage. He starts off by saying this, because he, he's answering the question, what does it mean to take up my cross daily? What does it mean to take up my cross daily? So this, this article that he wrote is answering that question. And this is what he says. He says, let me begin with what Jesus didn't mean. Okay? This is important. Many people interpret the cross as some burden that we must carry in our lives. A sustained, uh, excuse me, a strained relationship, a thankless job, a physical illness, um, and so on and so forth. With self-pity pride, they say, that's my cross and I have to bear it. Such an interpretation is not what Jesus meant when he said, take up your cross and follow me. So I, I, I felt like we needed to address that. Because he's exactly right. That is not what Jesus is talking about. Most of you know that I, I suffer with migraines. Uh, and, and my migraines are not my cross that I have to bear daily. That is not what this is talking about. When Jesus carried his cross to Golgotha to be crucified, no one was thinking of the cross of sympathetic uh, uh, as sympathetic or of a burden to carry. 
to the people in the first century, and please get this because this is critical, to the people in the first century, the cross meant one thing and one thing only. Who knows? No. Death. It meant death. It meant that was the only thing it meant to the, to, to the people that were alive during this time. Death by the most painful and humiliating means human beings could be could ever develop. So let's talk about this for a second. I, I did I did some research on this too, just to make sure I was right. But there were basically two ways people were crucified. Anybody know what the two distinctions are? No, 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 no. That was that was only done by request. Okay. Um, uh, yes. Well, you're close. You're really close. But what the Romans did, <clears throat> if someone was caught primarily for, for theft or something like that, they would tie them to the cross, okay? And, 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 and not nail them. They would tie them. So the two types of crucifixion is, is tying and nailing. Those are the two types of crucifixion. If someone was tied to the cross, they could live. It was, it was not uncommon for someone in that condition to live on the cross for up to a week. But the ones that were nailed to the cross, they more than likely wouldn't make it more than 24 hours. <clears throat> the reason why is because of the blood. They, they, would, they would bleed out. Okay? <clears throat> what killed someone on the cross? Asphyxiation and organ failure. Okay? More, more, more often than not, what would happen is the, the heart would would um, would burst and, and give out. <clears throat> because what would happen as a person was tied to a cross, <clears throat> huh? no, when they were tied or nailed, really either one, but mostly the ones that were, were tied, <clears throat> they, would, they would be able to push up with their feet and their, and their legs and hold themselves up upright until their legs give out and then they would slump, slump, what's a word, slump. They would slump, and then by doing this, it would cause their airway to be cut off. And then, <clears throat> then they wouldn't be able to breathe, so they would hold their breath for a long time and to give their legs a rest, and then they would push back up, and it would be this process until they died. And it was a very painful, very agonizing pain, and their lungs oftentimes would fill up with fluid. Their, 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 their organs would shut down and, and they would start having all kind of major... It, it was an incredibly painful ordeal. But the people that were nailed to the cross would often bleed so much that they wouldn't li live for more than 24 hours. 
Why is that significant in the case of our Lord? Okay, there had to be the shedding of blood, but that, what was what was coming up very quickly? No, the Sabbath. They they had to make sure he was dead before the Sabbath, so that's why they nailed him to the cross instead of tied him tied him to the cross. Okay, and then that's why what what did they do to ensure his death before sunset? They they jabbed him with a spear. Okay, so. Yeah, they they were yeah. Right. So so what what they would do if they wanted to just put someone out of their misery, uh, sounds kind of horrible. But they would they would break their legs and 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 it would it would not allow them the ability to to push up to breathe. So they once they broke their legs, they would suffocate and die. So <clears throat> very cruel, very very cruel. So so. The reason I'm talking about this is really important because when Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me, everyone that heard those words had that picture in their mind because crucifixion was something that everybody who was alive knew about. And he is telling his followers to take up your cross and follow me. The article goes on. Two thousand years later, Christians view the cross as a cherished symbol of atonement, forgiveness, and grace. But in Jesus' day, the cross represented nothing but torturous death because the Romans forced convicted criminals to carry their own crosses to the place of conviction, or, or excuse me, of crucifixion. Bearing a cross meant carrying their own execution device while facing ridicule along the way to their death. So what is Jesus? Well, let let me continue reading. Therefore, take up your cross and follow me means being willing to die in order to follow Jesus. That's what it means. This is called dying to self. It's a call to absolute surrender. After each time Jesus um, commanded uh, cross-bearing, he said, uh, look, look, in Ma- look in Matthew chapter 16, because this, this is important. I, I asked you to turn there at the beginning of service. Matthew chapter 16, <clears throat> Let, let's read in verse 24. Then, then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will uh, come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man, excuse me, 
For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange of his own soul? So here Jesus is saying, take up your cross. Be willing to die for me and blessings will come your way. That's basically what he says, isn't it? If you, if you save your life, you'll lose it. But if you give your life, you'll gain it. So what does it mean then to take up your cross? He goes on. He says, whenever Jesus went, uh, uh, he drew, wherever Jesus went, he drew crowds. Although these multitudes often followed him as Messiah, uh, their view of who the Messiah really was <clears throat> and what he w- would do was distorted. They thought that Jesus would usher in a new uh, 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 and restored kingdom. Uh, they believed that uh, he would free them from the oppressive rule of the Roman occupiers. Even Christ's own inner circle of disciples that the kingdom was coming soon in Luke chapter 19, verse 11. Then Jesus began teaching that he was was, uh, going to die at the hands of the Jewish leaders and the Gentile overlords in in Luke chapter 9 and verse 22. His popularity sank and many of the shocked followers rejected him. Truly, they were not able to put to death their own ideas and plans and desires and exchange them with his. I I love what the author of this says. So many times we have our agenda and we want God to, to conform to our agenda. And he says, no, if you want to follow me, take up your cross daily. That's how you follow me. Following Jesus is easy when life runs smoothly. Our true commitment to him is revealed during trials. Jesus assures us that trials will come to his followers in John chapter 16 and verse 33. Discipleship demands sacrifice. And Jesus never hid the cost. In Luke chapter 9, verses 57 to 62, three people seemed to be willing to follow Jesus. When Jesus questioned them further, their commitment was half-hearted at best. They failed to count the cost of following the Lord. None was willing to take up his cross and crucify upon his own interest. Therefore, Jesus appealed to, uh, uh, excuse me, Jesus appeared uh, to dissuade them. How different the, the typical gospel presentation. How many people would respond to the altar call that went, come, follow Jesus, and you will face the loss of friends, family, reputation, careers, and possibly even your life. But that is not what he's saying. I mean, if I stood up here on a Sunday morning and said, hey, all those that want to lose, lose your friends to follow Jesus, 
come. How many of you really want to die for the Lord? Come on, let's do it. It sounds like fun. You know, I'm serious. But that's that is what the command or, or the, the 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 request is. Take up your cross and follow me. If you wonder if you are already taking up your cross, consider these questions. Are you willing to follow Jesus if it means losing some of your closest friends? Are you willing to follow Jesus if it means alienated, being alienated from your family? I know, I know people, <clears throat> you know, we, we, we don't understand persecution in America. I'm just saying. I, I have met believers in Japan that when they were baptized, they got saved and they told their families that they were getting baptized. The families held funeral services for them. That's commitment, my friend. Take up your cross daily. We don't know what that's like. Are you willing to follow Jesus if it means the loss of your reputation? Are you willing to follow Jesus if it means losing your job? When we were in the Ukraine, We were, we, were, we were in the Ukraine like two or three years after the wall fell. So the, the people were just getting used to freedom. And they told us that during the communist, when it was the USSR, when, when communists ruled the country of Ukraine, that if somebody got saved, they would lose their, they would get fired. And everybody knew it. It was a condition if, because everything is owned by the government. And if, if a person got saved, they got fired, period. No questions asked. That's commitment. That's commitment. Take up your cross and follow me. Are you willing to follow Jesus if it means losing your life? I mean, after all, what is, what is this shell we live in? And I, I'm here to tell you, persecution is coming to the church in America quickly. It's coming. And churches like ours that preach truth are going to be under attack soon. My question is, are you still going to come to church? In some places in the world, these consequences are reality. But notice the questions and uh, uh, the, the questions are, are phrased. Are you willing? Are you willing? Following Jesus doesn't necessarily mean all of these things will happen to you, but are you willing 
to take up your cross. If there comes a point in your life where you are faced with a choice, Jesus or the comforts of life, which would you choose? Commitment to Jesus Christ means taking up your cross daily, giving up your hopes, dreams, possessions, even the very life that you possess if needed for the cause of Christ. Only if you are willing to take up your cross may you be called his disciple. Luke chapter 14 and verse 27. The reward is worth the price. Jesus' followers, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Jesus followed his call to the, uh, to the death, excuse me, Jesus followed his call of death to self with, um, uh, with the gift of life in Christ. For whosoever will save his life. Well, let, let's go back to, to uh, Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, or, or verse 25. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what shall it profit of uh, what? For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for a soul? Take up your cross daily. And as we as we contemplate this idea, you know, because when we when we read in in a discipleship book and we read this verse in Luke chapter 19 and verse 23, yeah, take up your cross. Yeah, I can do that. Do you understand the impact that it means? Jesus, to the people who, who are hearing Jesus say this, have seen fellow Jews fellow Christians forced to carry their own cross to the place where they would then be crucified. They knew, they had the mental picture. And I think part of what Satan has done is he has sanitized the the, the cross. And we so often, we fail to understand the impact of what Jesus is trying to say here in this simple phrase, take up your cross daily. But what does he say next? Look at the verse. What's the next three words? And follow me. He doesn't say, hey, take up your cross and go. He doesn't say, hey, take up your cross. You're going to be all alone in this world. I'm going to leave you alone. You're going to suffer, die in misery. That's not what he says. He says, take up your cross daily. And what? Follow me. Now, does that mean our lives are going to be joyful and happy and nothing ever bad is going to happen to us? Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're all proof of that. But when we will do it and follow him, what is the promise that we have in Scripture? 
He'll never leave us nor forsake us. And he'll fight our battles for us because there will be battles. There will be hard times. So before we move on, any anybody want to comment on what was said? <laughs> well, you? Oh, her? Yeah, no. It, <laughs> no, nobody wants to comment because I just dumped a lot on you. Boom! I just did. But I wanted to I wanted to try my best to get you to understand the severity of what he was saying. Yes, ma'am. There you go. Yes. 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 Sean, did you have something? Yes. Uh, do you think that um, uh, when uh, this whole earth, like when Jesus was being accused uh, to the Sanhedrin, that one of the things that was said is, oh, and he also said, take up your cross daily and follow me. I, 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 ha- I, th- I would have no idea. I think they, they had they had already made up their mind what they were going to do. So I don't I really don't think um, and they had already arranged for people to lie and 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 in the court so to speak. Um, so I, I don't know if that was part of it. It may have been, but I do know that they they did bring up the thing that he would tear down the temple and, and rebuild it in, in three days. And so that was part of it. So it may have been. I I don't know. Yes. It, because, because, and and this is, uh, well, other than the fact that it was prophesied, <laughs> okay, but up until now, uh, from what I've been able to read, now I'm not an expert on death, okay, trust me, um, but I have read enough that even still today, they say that that has been the most horrible, torturous death ever invented by mankind um, now I, I don't with chemicals and things nowadays I, I don't know if that's still true um, but I think that by him dying that way uh, demonstrates even more his love for mankind so I think that that's why it had to be on a cross exactly Right, right, right. John? So I've always heard that interpreted almost uh, subjectively. Like your cross would be different and my cross, which would be different than Jim's cross. I've always heard that interpreted in a subjective manner. But what you're saying is that's, that's more of an objective. This is. Well, I, I, I still think I, I still think when he says take up your cross, it is specific to me, okay? But it is not, my cross is not an illness or a bad relationship or some, some human device. It is, it is a heart attitude that I am willing to die to myself for Christ. So... <clears throat> how that happens in each person's life is probably going to be different. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, that's you know, so, um, yes. Right. So we don't need to fear. I mean, we will, I'm sure, but we don't need to fear what can happen to us. Right. I mean, we all know, we all know, to be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord. Okay. We 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 all know that. Right. Exactly. But who wants to go through the pain of of the cross to get there? I don't. <laughs> I mean, you know. So, exactly. So, uh, you, you know, um, I don't know. Somebody, I, I, I was talking to somebody recently, and they, they didn't want to do something. I, I can't even remember now what it was. Um, and my reply to them was, well, what's the worst thing they did, could do, kill you? <laughs> you? You know, and I mean, we joke about that, but the reality is, what's the worst they can do? Send me to heaven early. I'm okay with that. You know, so. My dad always said something. I can't, I can't remember the exact read. Uh, and this is not to trivialize the suffering that people go through on earth, but he would say something if I was worried or afraid about something or I was just needing to be saved, something was, uh, you know, it, it's only going to, there's going to be an end. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. These these struggles that we deal with are, are it's all temporary. But it, when you're going through it, it doesn't feel like it. <laughs> you know. Summer, did you have your hand up? Right, right, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And and the, you know it was prophesied in the Old Testament that he would die on a tree and everything, you know. So um, yeah. Right, exactly, exactly. Lots of lots of prophecy. Yes. Right. So how would one go about evaluating that? Are we just simply looking at the fruit in our life? Or how do we know that our heart is in that place? Wow, that's a good question. That That's a really, really good question. I don't want to go through anything painful. Right. Naturally. Right. But, um, so as you mentioned, it's easy to say you will, but how do we evaluate that in our heart? Okay, that's a good question. Anybody have an answer? Did you hear what he said? Okay, um, let, let me see if I can... Redo re, your question. Um, you know, he said that the, the majority of what we've been talking about has been s- physical suffering, but obviously, and I believe this, that Jesus is not necessarily talking about physical struggling, but more 
of a struggle within the heart, right? So how then do we know that we have died daily if we're not being put on a cross? Does that make sense? So how do we know? What is the evidence in our lives? Is that right? What is the evidence in our lives that we are dying daily? Okay, our fruit would definitely be one of them. You? Yeah, I do. <laughs> wow, imagine that. <laughs> Okay, so obedience would definitely be key to that. Anybody else? Sean, quickly. I, I figure that this is just me, but I figure to myself the biggest contributing factor would be selfishness. Like, for example, when my siblings or somebody says something to me that just makes me so darn mad and I want to fight back with a sharp retort. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Anybody else? Yes, Brandon. Exactly. Okay. Anybody else? John? Proverbs, it says uh, a man's ways are always righteous in his own eyes. Mm-hmm. Very similar to what Ben says, we can often believe our own lies, believe whatever it is we tell ourselves. It has to be something higher than our own. Okay. Okay. John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. You know, we need to test ourselves. How much do we love it? Right. Right. Okay. Candy? That's a big one. Right. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. Anybody else? These are all really, really good answers. Yes. 
There you go. You got to believe the book. You got to believe the book. Okay. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. Oh, huge, huge. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. 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 Okay. Yeah, the cloud of witnesses in the in the Bible, yeah. Okay. Now I I feel like the author of this article kind of answers that question with this the the see one, two the five questions that he that he asked. And near the end of the article, he says, are you willing to follow Jesus if it means um, losing some of your close friends? I think that is one of the ways we know whether or not we have sold out to the Lord, that we have picked, that we are taking up our cross. Uh, Another one is, are we willing uh, to follow Jesus if it means alienating, being alienated from our families? Are we willing to follow Jesus if it means losing our reputation, if it means losing our job or even our lives? So, so these are these are all questions that we, you know, because and then it goes back to what John was saying, you know, my cross is going to be a little bit different than everybody else's because, I, I you know, I'm a pastor. I'm not going to lose my job for standing for for Jesus. Now, I might lose my life, but my job is to stand for Jesus. You, you see what I'm saying? But there are many people in this in this room right now that if you stand for Jesus at your job you could lose your job but are you willing to take up the cross see that's the key and and the point I was trying to make tonight and we only, we didn't get very far um, but the point I was trying to make tonight is that the, the impact of the word cross I think it has been so sanitized in our in our world today, we don't understand the impact that Jesus was trying to make when he told his followers, if you follow me, take up your cross and follow me daily. Daily. Take up your cross. Anything else before we close in prayer? Like I said, we didn't get very far. <laughs> okay, let's pray. Dear